This is Lady Talk Radio, your space for real conversations about real life and real ways to improve yours. Welcome back to Lady Talk Radio. I am your host, Stacey Ray. Thank you for being here with me today, having this very important conversation, may I add, about focus. Because if you're listening to this show, maybe you're new to the show, and if you are, warmest welcome to you, lady. I'm so glad you and I are kicking it. And if you've been one of the loyal listeners, I've gotten a pretty good feel for most of you guys in that you are ambitious. You're making things happen. You are, your girl got goals, okay? And you are a go-getter. You're making things happen in your life, and you want to make more things happen in your life. And so we have to talk about focus because focus, if there, you know, when people say like, what's the one thing that supported you and getting your goals? What's the one thing that helped those people be successful? I think there's a lot of one things, but definitely one of the one things is focus. People who are highly successful, high performers in every industry, the women, the men that you look up to, the women and men that you follow, they, these people understand and utilize focus to achieve maximum results in their life, both personally and professionally. So of course, we got to talk about focus because if you want things in your life, you want to know how to focus, when to focus, all the things about focus, because we weren't really taught much about focus. I don't know if you were, but I definitely was and I don't know a lot of people who were. And I was definitely one of those kids who was not good at focusing. I was just naturally just all over the place, a little bit more of the creative type, if you know what I mean. And if they were diagnosing kids at my age with ADD and ADHD, I probably would have been one of those kids. And so as I got a little bit older and I realized that a, I really wanted things in my life. I, I wanted to focus on things. There were specific things I wanted to move forward and just the way of being that I had naturally wasn't really working. And so I didn't really have much choice other than to develop these habits, these traits and mindsets and really start to hone and practice focus. And I'm using that word very specifically, practicing, because focus can be learned. It can be learned. It can be practiced. It can even be mastered. And so the issue that I see and just the difficulty that I see so many women, entrepreneurs, ambitious women out there in the world having is that they're trying to supplement focus with things like caffeine and things like long work hours and then just ending up burning themselves out and feeling overwhelmed and kind of like they're spinning their wheels and they're not really getting anywhere. And so just before we get into the ideas I want to share with you in this conversation, I want to give you a little example. If you were going to the gym you went to the gym, you walked in, you sat down, you did one set, and then you like went on the gram. You're like, what's going on on here? Doing a little bit of scrolling. Maybe you walked around the gym a little bit. Then you made some new friends, chitty chatty. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to get a protein shake. And then maybe you go back and do one set. Like you see where I'm going with this. You're probably not going to get very good results. You might have a good time, but you're not going to get very many good results. And that's kind of how most people are going about their goals is they're just kind of sort of, they're half here, half there. And it's not your fault, right? We just don't, we 
weren't necessarily told how to focus, and most of us just don't know how to create the conditions for high-level focus. And we live in a very noisy world now, you know what I mean? 2018, our lifestyle is very different than it was even 10 years ago. We've got 100 notifications a day, we have a lot of distractions, and being a woman, this is also really interesting, the more that they study the brain differences between men and women, the more that they realize that women actually naturally have more diffused focus. And what that means is if we were to go back to caveman, cavewoman days, we were, our brains were wired more to focus on A, the baby not falling in the fire while we were making something to eat, while we were making sure nothing was coming out of the bush and keeping an overall eye on what was going on while maintaining a a chat with one of our girlfriends. Like we we were good at that kind of thing naturally, right? Um, And men just generally have more of that single point focus where, you know, hunt saber-toothed tiger, do not get eaten by saber-toothed tiger. And that's not to say that both of those traits don't cross over. Of course they do. But as women, we generally tend to, and this doesn't mean that we're good at multitasking. It just means that our brain generally tends to be more diffused focused. We tend to be more open to multiple things at once. And this can work against us. All right. So you combine something like that, where our natural trait is to be more openly focused, combine that with a whole bunch of social media, a whole bunch of things to do, uh, a whole bunch of errands you got to run, and just our overall depleting attention span in human beings. Uh, And you've got a pretty good recipe for poor focus. Combine that with just some non-clarity of not really knowing what you want to move forward or what you need to do to move your goals forward. And we're talking some pretty, you know, we're, we're on a hamster wheel pretty much and not getting anywhere. So there is something to talk about when we talk about multitasking because there is a lot of confusion about this. And if you were to just go on your computer or your phone right now and just look at how many tabs you have open, how many things you're trying to do at once, even just think about right now, like, are you doing something while you're listening to this podcast? Probably I do that. I drive while I listen to podcasts shower when I'm listening to podcasts. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. But if I'm trying to focus on one thing, there is a cost. And they've done lots of lots of different research about this in terms of when we switch from task to task. So let's say you were doing some work online. Maybe you were doing some work for your business or you're, you're sending emails or you're writing something or whatever it might be. And you've got your Facebook tab open. And every couple minutes, that Facebook tab pings at you with a little (laughs) chatting, what's going on over here, a little bit of emotional engagement, come over here, like calling your name. And every time you switch from the work that you're doing to that Facebook tab and you go and you're figuring out what's going on on Facebook, maybe you get a message from somebody and it's got like some questions in it and then you start thinking about that. And then maybe you see your friend's post and you're like, oh man, she's hanging out with that guy again. Like, And then there's that emotional engagement, which encourages more of that expenditure of your cognitive energy. So as a human being, as a human, you have this specific amount of energy per day, cognitively speaking. So your brain has a certain amount of energy. So if you're switching back and forth between things, trying to multitask, telling yourself you're good at it, and I get it, 
some of you are very good at it, but that doesn't mean that it actually creates high level focus. And what we're talking about in this episode is really how to train your brain, teach your brain to be more focused, because the more that we can clearly define focus time in our lives where we move our goals forward, the more we're also going to access those flow states, which I know a lot of you are hearing that term thrown around a lot over the past few years. There's so much more science going into this. And It's really cool because if you have an attention span, which is the average attention span at the moment for most people, even in things that they are interested in, is about two and a half minutes, two minutes, 37-ish seconds. That's not very long. (laughs) It's really not. It's not long enough for you to really create something powerful. And the more that you can get into deep focused work time, let's say you could do 20 to 60 minutes of focused work time repetitively throughout the day. They've shown that super focused time when we can even get into flow states, which are usually achieved in about 90 to 120 minutes. And this is a little bit more further down the road. Once you started really training your brain to focus, um, you can actually increase your creativity by anywhere from five to 700%. Your productivity goes up literally five times. That's crazy. So that means that most people, if you're never getting into a flow state, if you're not doing deep focused work, and this doesn't have to be necessarily just on your work, your career focused work. This could be like moving forward a specific project in your personal life. It could be getting healthy. It could be a lot of things, right? But if you're never getting into that state of focus and flow, you're you're literally, you could be doing the same amount of work in one day that you're doing in five if you really know how to train this this condition to create high-level focus. So this is so, so important for us because we want to have more fun. We want to have more fulfilling lives. So if we can have really deep work sessions where we're moving our projects forward in life in a really powerful way, the rest of the time we get to do other things. That's the whole mojo here. So not supplementing with working long hours for deep level focus because it just actually does not equal the same thing. So really learning how to create this deep level focus. So most people just don't know how to create the conditions. And that's why I want to share with you these six things that have really supported me. And you can pick and choose whatever works for you. I just want to offer you a few ideas, things that you can consider about focus in your own life. So One of the things that has really supported me in starting a really powerful morning, and I'm going to come back to a little bit of the multitasking thing in a moment, but right now I just want to talk about literally setting up the conditions because I don't think that necessarily focus is just created in the moment. I think we create conditions, maybe we start, it's kind of the pre-stuff, you know, the things that we do before the times that we focus that also really support us showing up into a deep focus state. So One of the things that I've taken on over the years that has been transformative for me is doing something that is a writing exercise first thing in the morning. And this is something that just clears that space, clears that energy, clears all of the things that you're thinking about. So in Julia Cameron's work, she talks a lot about morning pages. I like to call them brain audits, where I literally just dump everything out on paper. Um, And, you know, literally, if I was just to give you a visual here, like if you're waking up first thing in the morning and you're sitting there in a room and you're trying to focus on this one thing. But in the corner of that room, there is like a laundry basket the size of an elephant. And it is just taking over your life. Uh, You're probably not going to be able to focus on the thing that's in front of you because all you can see is this huge pile of laundry. And that's kind of how it's usually going for us, right? Like we're kind of in our head. We've got all these thoughts, these worries. Oh, like this happened yesterday. And oh, I got to make sure I do this today. And like, oh man, I got to make sure, oh, they didn't do this. And oh, and all these good things too. Like things that you're just thinking about, 
right? And all of that is creating noise and clutter in our minds, right? And so the more that we can just get that out, specifically first thing in the morning, so that you can enter into your day fresh, and those thoughts, it doesn't mean they're just going to disappear. Maybe there's things you need to address and you need to think about, and that's totally cool. But just actually giving yourself the space to just get all of that out. And so journaling is one of the most effective things that we have seen, and we just keep hearing it over and over again because it works, right? And so I like to call this morning pages or brain audits because it's literally just like, boom, everything out on paper, no structure, doesn't have to make sense, just getting it all out. So that's been a really cool way to kind of create that clear platform for a clear day where you can go into more focused states. Tip number two is strategic tools. So there's a lot of ways that we can track our focus, that we can practice focus, and again, set up those conditions. So one of the tools that I love to use is a Pomodoro timer. This was so helpful for me in the beginning when I was coming out of years of never focusing on anything for more than two and a half minutes. Um, It just has you essentially focus on one task, which is a huge part of focus, is, is decisiveness about one task. And then focusing on it for 15 to 20-ish minutes. So the Pomodoro timer is, there is a lot of science and research put into this and how your brain actually operates and how we can do high-level focus. And it's a great way to start training that. So just focusing on 15 minutes on one task, and you'd be surprised if you haven't been doing this, or maybe you find that you do get distracted really easily, that you may notice that this is a little bit tricky, which is a really cool indicator, right? That this will be a really good practice for you. So you can just search Pomodoro Timer in the App Store and find all kinds of different ones. And usually what's pretty cool about these is they're just a a quick little timer. You can also find them on Amazon and stuff. Maybe I'll link a couple of those ones for you guys too. And After that chunk of time, it'll give you like a one to two minute break in between. And that's cool because then you can actually do some breathing, maybe move around a little bit, move your blood around. Like I wouldn't recommend that you go to Facebook or anything else. Again, coming back to that multitasking, you don't want to be engaging yourself in other activities where then you have to come back into the thing. So doing something like just being in your body, getting some fresh air, things like that can be really helpful. But just again, being aware that you're going to continue the cycle of 15 minute focused sessions. You're not obviously going to do just 15 minutes. You're going to do 15 minutes minutes, one minute break, 15 minutes, one minute break. And so that's a really powerful way to start training that in. The other thing that I do all the time, I literally do this all the time, all the time, (laughs) is full screen mode. So if you're working on your computer, uh, and I just do full screen mode in life, I have an ongoing joke with people in my life about this, is full screen mode. So nothing else in my space. If I'm focusing on one thing, being entirely present in that one thing right? So just allowing yourself to close out all of the other stuff, don't have 15 tabs open, all of this stuff, and maybe just hitting full screen. So you got that whole page all up in your grill, and there's just nothing that's going to take your attention off of those things. So really, really important. The other thing that I love to do is like symbolism, like symbolic things. So if I know that that I'm going to be focusing on I got a dog bark back there. If you guys are new to the show, you've probably never heard my dogs bark, but they, they like to, they like to hang out. (laughs) 
Um, so symbolism. So I might have something on my desk, have a really clean desk is also a great way to symbolically share that with yourself. Like this is a, this is a full screen moan moment, but also maybe putting a crystal on your desk so you can have something on there that's like just sharing with you that anchoring energy. Also, I like to really, this is again, one of the sort of preliminary, the pre-work stuff that creates high level focus. I like to really look at my nutrition. How is my nutrition going? Am I eating a lot of like, am I sitting down and eating a super heavy meal right before I do a focused work session? Mm, Probably not the best idea, right? So just looking at how I'm overall nourishing my body and my brain. So supplements are a great way to also look at this. I'm going to talk about a lot more supplements for the brain health and cognitive function in, in other episodes, but definitely looking at the way that you're nourishing your brain and your body are going to also help with how much focus you're going to be able to disperse in a daily basis. Um, also underneath strategic tools is meditation. They have done studies. Ladies, this is crazy talk, okay? If you're not meditating yet, I really encourage you to, to check this out. Start doing something simple, just a simple few minutes a day. They've done studies where in four days, like four days, four days, they noticed significant improvements. I don't know the exact percentage, but it was significant in cognitive function. And so this includes memory, learning, focus, all of these different things in four days. That's how easy it is to actually train yourself to focus and really start to bridge these gaps that we feel in our cognitive abilities. So really, really easy. Such good news on that front. So these are a few of the more holistic things to start bringing those tools in, start creating those conditions. My tip number three, this idea, this strategy is all about elimination and prioritization. So one of the big things that we see with focus is just that people just aren't decisive. It's not necessarily that they don't know how to focus. It's that they just don't know what they're supposed to be focused on, which creates a little bit of that scattered focus. And so when we make a really clear decision and we know exactly what we're going to focus on, we know to clear other things away and we know how to just hone in on that. Most of us can pretty much do that, right? And so Tim Ferriss actually says this, what you don't do determines what you can do. So the more things that you're saying no to, the more things that you can say yes to. And the things that are really, truly a yes for you at this time. So if you're saying yes to a whole bunch of things in your life right now that just aren't actually moving you towards what you want, then essentially it's taking away from that energy and focus and, and just ability for you to move forward the things that you actually do want. So there's a couple ways that you can do this. I talk about a lot of these different things. I'm not going to get into all of them because I think that would be overwhelming. But just choosing one thing here for me at the, on Sundays or at the beginning of the very beginning of the week, I like to think of a hallelujah moment. So this is my bigger goal for the week. Like what is the thing that I want to move forward this week? And this usually feeds into other things that I've got going on that month or other things that are really important to me at that time. And just looking at like, what is the bigger goal this week that if I hit that, when I hit that, it's going to be a hallelujah moment. Okay, so just looking at that bigger thing and then looking at the, I call this the high five. What are your five actions each day that are going to support you moving towards that hallelujah moment? And those five actions each day, you can do these the night before. I don't usually plan these all in advance. I usually do one night in advance. And then that morning when I wake up, I go through each one and I I usually number them. I don't always, but I usually will number these high five in order of importance. So number one on my list, I do not go anywhere (laughs) 
anywhere else. My focus does not go on anything else until number one is complete. And that is a really cool way to start training ourselves to do the things that we say we're going to do. And we don't always get it right. I don't always get it right. But just allowing yourself to keep showing up and doing this and sticking to it because this is actually the highest level of prioritization and really eliminating the distractions. So if you notice that you create the hallelujah moment for your week, you're really clear on that. Maybe you distinguish like, okay, I'm going to do these five actions tomorrow. That's what I'm going to do. And you get up in the morning and then halfway through the day, you're like, uh, I haven't done any of them yet. What's up with that? Cool. What is taking your focus? Is it Facebook? Are you getting on your emails first thing in the morning? What kinds of things are actually distracting you? Remembering that switching cost and that emotional cost, that decision fatigue that comes when we're distracted thinking about all these different things during the day. It just means that our cognitive energy, maybe we're avoiding the list because we're kind of afraid of what's going to happen if we really succeed, or maybe we're just really distracted by a lot of things, right? And so just taking a little bit of a look. It's not about getting it right. It's just about going, cool, how's this going? And if and if you're not moving, Moving that high five forward every day, what's getting in the way? So this is a really cool thing to just practice. Even if you take it on this week, just noticing, cool, if I eliminate the things that are not important for right now, maybe these are things that are just a not right now thing. So maybe there's like projects, maybe you want to start a blog, maybe you want to start a YouTube channel, but right now you have these objectives, these goals that you really are focused on, just moving those other things off the plate temporarily so that you can really focus forward on the things that are right in front of you. My fourth tip is to measure. This is so important. Like it's so funny because I never used to do this and I really felt, I really felt it. And the reason why this is so important is because your brain operates on feedback and you operate on feedback, right? Because your brain is running a lot of these things. And so when you are noticing that you're making progress, when you're seeing that you're getting results and you can actually measure it and go, wow, look at that. If one of your goals is to start writing, cool, I wrote 25, um, I wrote 25 pages last month or I wrote 25 pages last week. And just really allowing yourself to see the improvement, to see that you are moving forward. Because the more that you focus in on something and put that, that like hard work and that focus and that time and all your juice in it, the more that you see yourself getting the result, the more it's going to be that celebration and acknowledgement. And you're going to feel more motivated to keep on going. So that one's really, really important. So please do that. Number five is to manage your energy, not your time. So I really want to slow down and have you really get this. This is so freaking crucial. We are, you know, even just in the conversation of productivity, we're in this this idea that we need to crunch time or we need to uh, just collapse time, which is kind of cool, but, um, you know, quantum kind of stuff. But if you really look at wanting to hyper-focus, wanting to really move things forward in your life, if you are looking at just sort of like organizing your time schedule in a specific way, you're kind of missing the point because you actually, it doesn't really matter when you book things in, as long as you are really at your peak state. So what I mean by that, if you booked two hours to do a specific task in the evening and you didn't have the energy in that time and you ended up just kind of sitting there staring at the screen or kind of sitting there doing whatever it is that you're doing, 
and you're just not really in that zone. You're not in your mojo. So you're not really creatively amplified. Maybe you're not really in your problem solving mode and you're really just kind of like, whatever, kind of sluggish. You're going to get a percentage of what you could have gotten done in the same two hours if you did it at the optimal time in your day. So I know for me, that I'm really creative in the mornings and at night. So I've just, just by noticing, just observing, right? Just observing when your best work times are, if your specific thing that you want to focus on is around your work. So if you know, hey, I know that right after breakfast, there's like a three hour window there where I'm just really in my zone. That is a key time for me to do these tasks. And then schedule your most important tasks in that area. Because if you really think about it, when you're really in your zone and you're using some of these techniques and you're reducing distractions and you're really honing in on those things, you could like probably do three times the amount of stuff in that time that you could at a different time of day that just wasn't optimal for you. So that's a really, really big thing. Manage your energy, not your time. Because when you're really high energy, when you have all of that creative juices running and you're really in your zone, if you're just messing around doing other things and then trying to schedule these tasks for later when you're not going to feel like it, it just creates... And it just, it, you're just not as effective, let's be honest. So let's just utilize more of the energy versus the time. So just spend a little bit of time observing yourself this week. When are you actually at your peak? And this is a really cool conversation when we talk about also the menstrual cycle and how that also feeds into different times when we're really at our peak. And I'm going to do a lot more conversations about that because I'm really, really fascinated by that as well. But just notice this week, take a little boo at when you are feeling really on. And just observe that because that's when you want to move those things forward. This is the reason why I love intermittent fasting in the morning. So you guys, if you've seen my Insta stories, I I know this is a really controversial thing, intermittent fasting. A lot of people get really charged up about it. I personally have found it to be so incredibly good for me. Um, I don't just fast on nothing. I actually fast on like a a quite customized drink in the morning. Um, And that just helps me kind of fuel my body, but also not create a lot of energy expenditure on digestion so that I can just feel really supported, really clear headed. And then I can go into a really creative, focused, deep work session for first thing in the morning. And that's been amazing for me. And that's, again, just me finding something that works for me and then really just like using that thing that works for me, you know? Um, So yes, very, very important. Are you hearing something for yourself just out of these things that I'm sharing? Are you noticing that there's probably some things going on for you that could really start to amplify your focus if you put them in place? Just curious. If you're like, just share these with me too. Send me a little note send me a DM on on Instagram, whatever you want to do. I would love to hear what you are receiving from this episode and just what you're going to actually take on for yourself. Because the cool thing about, (laughs) it's kind of ironic, is that you could get all overwhelmed with all of this and be like, okay, now I have to do all of these things. But just coming back to the focus, just choose one thing. Just choose one of these tips and just implement one of these things for yourself. And I promise that you will notice a difference. And I can make that promise. I'll make promises lightly and I can make that promise. So my final idea to share with you today is to actually train your focus using things that you're already passionate about, things that you are already motivated to focus on. So for instance, remembering that all you're doing is just training your brain. You're just uh, like putting your brain in focused time that you can really start to build these kinds of pathways in the brain where you're just used to focusing on things, right? So 
do that with things that you like. <laughs> Don't force yourself to focus on math if that's not your jam, right? So if you are like me and you're really inspired by certain things, then just focus on those those things at the beginning and really do maybe 15, 20 minute focus slot sessions. If you feel like you can go longer, if you're pretty used to this and you're like, actually, I know how to do focus work with zero distractions. I can go for an hour. Cool. Then go for an hour, right? But just really allowing yourself to build on the amount of time that you can focus on a single task and really be effective, right? So using those things is really helpful. Again, it's that feedback loop in the brain, but it's also going to be really supportive in just having you feeling excited and following that excitement. You're going to be more open, more engaged. And that's what we really want to be training your brain into for focus. So these are my six little ideas for you today, ladies. And I hope that you receive something from this. I want to share a little a little story with you about a lion tamer. If you have ever seen a picture or a video of someone who tames lions, tames wild animals, uh, it's pretty fascinating, actually. Pretty freaky as well. Um, you know, I definitely have mixed feelings about it. And any kind of animal that's being held in those kinds of environments, I have mixed feelings about. But this has a really important lesson for us around focus. And so I wanted to share this with you. So most lion tamers, they are seen with like a chair. That's one of the common things that they would use in the ring, as well as a whip. And so there was a gentleman named Clyde Beatty, who he became extremely famous for his act in the ring with, with basically like all kinds of animals. It wasn't just lions. It was actually um, like cougars and hyenas and all kinds of things. And so he would bring these all into the ring. And most tamers, people who did this, would die pretty young. I mean, sounds pretty accurate. Um, but he actually lived well into his 60s, and he did not die from being attacked by an animal. So it was really, people were really curious about him. And he was actually the first lion tamer to bring a chair into the ring. And this is where it gets really interesting, because you would think that it was the whip that was actually doing the heavy lifting, you know? But that's not actually what the whip was for. The whip was more of just a visual and a sound for people to focus on. But the chair was the key piece of the act. Because when a lion, when the tamer holds the chair and the lion is looking at the chair, it's looking at these four legs, right? Because it's got the legs towards the face of the animal. And with its focus divided on these four legs of the chair, the lion becomes really confused and is actually unsure about what to do. And so they, the animal actually ends up just waiting. It just sits there frozen instead of actually attacking the person. And so this, like, this is really relevant when we talk about focus because how often have you wanted to achieve something, whatever your goal might be, right, personal or professional, and then you find yourself really in the confusion, in that freezing and kind of waiting because there's all of these options in front of you and you just end up not really making any progress, right? And so... This is a really good visual. It's a really good lesson for all of us to really see that we need to be decisive. We need to release distractions, right? And really start measuring our progress and really start putting ourselves into a state, into conditions that help us manage our energy, right? So these are really key components. And so there's one thing that I want you to leave this conversation with. It is please please turn off your notifications, turn them off on your phone, turn them off on your computer, and really just get into the practice of being uninterrupted in life, right? And so this is also a presence conversation. And it's also just about becoming aware of how much we are being distracted 
in our daily life. And so just some of the habitual things that we're doing are also training our brain. So something that I recently took on was I started leaving my phone in the car. So if I go somewhere, if I go into the grocery store or if I go into a coffee shop or something like that, um, I used to find myself a lot of the time I would sit in the lineup and I would be scrolling on my phone or checking emails and my head would be down and I would just kind of like constantly be on my phone. And that I was just training my brain. And so what I found was like any moment when I wasn't doing something, I was grabbing for my phone. And that just started to feel really not cool for me. I was like, mm, this doesn't feel good. And again, just it was robbing that cognitive energy all the time, right? Because there's something to be said about us being present, just being in the moment, allowing ourselves to observe and breathe and be and all of these things, right? And having really clear times that we check our phone and that we check our email and we're managing that energy and the input and output consistently in a really beautiful way. And so that has been a beautiful practice for me is leaving my phone in the car or in my purse when I'm doing daily things. And the more that I've been doing this, the more I notice that I'm not looking to just distract myself at every opportunity. And the habitualness of that has started to subside where I'm not just grabbing for my phone all the time. So this is a really cool practice. And I would really, really encourage you to just take notice, even if that's the one thing that you do is just noticing how you are being distracted, what kinds of notifications are popping up in your life and starting to reduce those a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more because really working and being alive, you know, because focus is not just about when we're doing the work. It's also about like overall our, our creativity, what kinds of ideas come through for us, how we move those ideas forward and allowing ourselves to like live in a state of depth, right? Doing our deepest, our best work really showing up in the entirety of who we are is clearly going to be a lot more efficient and is going to lead, it's always going to lead to better results in our lives, right? And so really just as that intensity, as we can start to intensify and train more of the focus in our lives, we get to output more. And that's really what I know so many of you are up to is you want to output more. You want to have greater impact. You want to create more in the world and in your life. And so really that focus results in deeper presence. And that presence is always going to amplify your performance. So I really want to leave you with that and encourage you to reach out, share with me. I'd love to hear what you what you got from this episode. Focus is something that has been so transformative in my life. Like I got so excited when I was thinking about sharing this with you guys because it really is such a difference maker. It really, really is. And I think it can make such a huge difference in all areas of our lives. So sending you all so much love. Thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you in the next episode. 